Praise the Lord. There is a lot of praise report today. Isn't it wonderful? The Lord touches and, and uh, moves through our families. The Lord touches um, and moves through, through the events last weekend and, and through Ahasa. And there is a mandate over this house to be a light to the nation. Amen? And you are part of the light. There is an empowerment. There is an anointing. Things are changing. Amen? Things are changing. And, and I am not sure about you today. The presence of God is so thick. I came already and well-dressed and properly made up. And, and, and the Holy Spirit has to just mess my makeup up. But it's okay. I, I, I kind of said, oh, please. You know, I was quite... But it's okay. That is a powerful presence of the Lord. Who loves the presence of God? Amen. Who wants the presence of God? Oh, I, I, I was thinking maybe we just carry on with the worship, you know, and, and let God meet individuals and He is still meeting you and I. Amen. The power of communion and, and the power of Jesus. How powerful was that when we declare, we speak Jesus, we exalt the name of Jesus and we enthrone Him, we refuse to let any circumstances and situation to pull Him down. Amen? He remains on the throne. And today I want to talk about the life of a worshipper. You know, not just the worship, not just uh, what we do, the outcome of a life of a worshiper. I want to uh, show you a slide. And then actually, this is the very first time I use a slide. Okay. All right. And I'm embracing technology. You know, those who know me well, they were my enemies. And now it's like no fear. It's okay. It doesn't work. It's all right. Amen. But then I just want to give you a glimpse. Can someone put up John? And then we know that, that uh, Jesus went to the well to meet this Samaritan woman. All right? And then uh, he led her to this place. The time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. Where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God to worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Amen? The time is here, not just coming it's here upon us. I put those words in different colors. Is how usually when I read the word, it, it, it comes out and tells me what uh, it speaks to me. You know, the Holy Spirit is the revealer. It's the light that shines through the word. The word made flesh, Jesus himself. We must have the word. The Word is Jesus made flesh. He dwell among men. The Word and then the Spirit, the true. That means when, very important when, not just when worshiper worship, true worshiper. What does that mean? Is there false worshiper? I leave that to you. You know, but when true worshipers will worship the Father, the Son, you right, and the Spirit. And the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. I really, I'm sure you too, want to be found. When the Father is looking for that worshiper, I hope He finds me. I hope He finds you. Who will worship Him that way? For God is spirit. So those who worship Him must. The word must is not is an option. If you feel like it, 
uh, maybe just partially. Must worship in spirit and in truth. Not one without the other. Can I have the next slide up, please? You know what, in John 14, you know what, um, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, Philip came to him and said, um, can you please show us the Father? And Jesus told, told Philip, have you not seen the Father? You know, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Can I have um, David come up, please? Stand in front, please. Yeah, just stand facing the congregation. It's almost like if you have seen David, you have seen me. We don't look alike, but in spirit, we are exactly the same. You know what? When Jesus, right? We know that Jesus' blood made us righteous. We are made righteous. When the Father sees us, he sees Jesus when we are in Jesus. So he has been with his disciples. But disciples says, show us the Father. They were looking at the Father. Jesus said, have you not seen the Father? If you have seen me, you see the Father. Now, when people see us, they need to see Jesus. If we live in the Spirit, right? If we live in the truth with this Jesus made flesh, dwell among men, and we partook a powerful, it's not just a ceremony, we partook the communion. Is there revelation each time we partake? Are we reminded? Because we are forgetful, you know. I'm not sure about you, maybe you're, I am very forgetful. I need reminders. Every opportunity, I remind myself. So, they saw Jesus and they need to see the Father. Now, the Spirit is in us and the, we are in Christ. So, when they see Jesus, they see us. Thank you, David. Next slide, please. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Where, where are we seated now? If we have Jesus, he, we, we believe that Jesus is raised from the dead. Amen? Can you raise your hand? Any believers here? Raise it high, yes, that's right. He raised Jesus from the dead. But the words that He raised us, if we have been crucified with Christ. He raised us. So we are, where are we seated? With Him, right? In the heavenly realms. So where are we seated today? Loud and clear, I love participation. We are seated in the heavenly realms. You know, we may be in the world, but we are not of the world. So, because we are united with Christ Jesus, we are one. If we are not seated in the heavenly realms, we are bombarded with the world because we are not united. Do you know what? We husband and wife, we can be married and yet we can be. There's disunity. Am I right? And when two agree, the power of the words, and when two or three agree, right? Pray in His name. He is in the midst because there's no division in Christ. In the heavenly realms. So now... We are to what? Um, we, we can be given something. How many people have Bible in your house? Raise your hand. Yep, we have Bible in our house. Just because we have Bibles in our house, we can many versions even in the phone, means that we read them. Just because you have the Bible doesn't mean you read them. 
Just because you have the Bible doesn't mean you engage with the Word. Now, the Spirit of God comes and our spirit was once dead because of sin. Christ raised us to be seated in the heavenly places. He, our spirit is healed and restored to this big family that we were. Father, our Father originated, right? His desire. We've been restored to this big family, heavenly realms. You know, Christ in us, the hope of glory, our spirit is restored. We are meant to be one with the spirit. How many know that we have the spirit, but not always the spirit has us? He wants to be united. Jesus made it possible. This is a reminder. Jesus made it possible for us to sit in the heavenly realm, reign and rule in unity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? And there are things we believe the access been granted to us by Jesus. And the Spirit is it not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to live our everyday life. We need to engage. Just because we have the Holy Spirit doesn't mean we engage and united with Him. That's why the Word of God says, you know, you know have you ever thought the little boy that brought the five loaves and two fish must be his childlike faith that we are again invited by Jesus to have that childlike face, not childishness. You know, to think that his five loaves and two fish can be the answer to feed the 5,000 men. He offered anyway. His obedience has blessed a community. His childlike faith has blessed the community. Be like one of these children. Suffer not the children. There's one good thing about children in their innocence before they've been hurt. There is this, yeah, whatever the father says, I trust my father. God is restoring that to his family. Papa, we, our father in heaven, we all have one father. He has no grandchildren. So if you are not, you know what? Jesus died on the seventh day. And Jesus at the cross, he rested. Right? He finished his work, he rested. And at the cross, he said, it is finished. Right? So we rest on the work of Christ. So if we are not comfortable in sitting in a heavenly place, how many? I have been guilty. I think we all to get out of the seat and do something. <laughs> we need to do out of the seating and the resting. Our mind need to rest. And the thing is that it's our training. How do we train? If we are not comfortable, there, there is the part of training ourselves to sit in the heavenly place. How do we reign and rule sitting at peace, at rest, out of these heavenly realms. United with Christ Jesus. I want to share with you a story um, about David. When we think of David, you know, I, I love the story of David. We know that David was a worshiper, yeah? And then the one very powerful story was that David 
slayed the Goliath, the giant. We love those stories. But what captivated me the most, the most of whatever it was, was David as a worshiper. So in 1 Samuel 16, you know, we know that at this point, Saul disobeyed God, right? And, and, and the Spirit of God, God was going to choose someone else. The Spirit of God has left Saul and he told Samuel that I have someone else that I want to anoint as king. And, and, and chapter 16, and Saul went to Jesse's house. Uh, and Jesse has seven sons, eight sons. No, when he arrived at, uh, at Jesse's house and Jesse to, to, to make sacrifice, and Jesse brought the eldest son, Eliab. And then first thing, Samuel said, oh, he's tall and handsome. He must be the one, right? You see, out of his natural judgment. And the Lord told him, no, this is not the one. While men may look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. Are you familiar with the scripture? God looks at the heart and then he took a second son, a third, and then the seven sons, you know, finishes and no, this is not it, this is not it, this is not it, you know. Then, oh, have you got any more sons? He said, oh yeah, I have one more. The last one, he is tending the sheep. Imagine David wasn't invited to the big party. He was doing his dutiful duty. Then when he came and Samuel said, yep, this is the one. And he anointed David. Now, David was so skilled, just following in the same chapter, that you know that Saul, at this time, the spirit left him. There will be times that he was depressed and he was tormented by spirit. Right, and, and David was invited to come and play his harp. You know what? David wasn't just a worshiper, he was skilled. He loves God. He wasn't just playing an instrument, it was his worship. Do you know what? When David was tending the flocks, worship is not just singing. It's part of it in the Bible, says proscunio, which is a bowing down in worship. Worship is to honor, to love, to bring our adoration, bring our highest praise. We humble ourselves at His presence and we, we in awe of the one. And you know what? Doing our daily task well, and it can be our worship to God where our work, the works of our hands brings Him glory. The Bible says that, well, you know what? Do everything as unto the Lord. So a worshiper will, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't dance and clap and all, it's a very big part of worship, right? Where our entire body involved in exclamation, bestowing the highest praise to the one and only. But the work, you realize, I'm going to take you through a passage that David was found tending his sheep and goats. He did not, he was very responsible doing what he needed. It was part of the way he cared for what was entrusted to him was part of his worship too. And, and now, you know what, he would, uh, that Saul loved him so much, I invited him and, and say that, you know, I would love for David to be with me. And every time he go into this place of torment, David would play and the spirit would leave him. Now, chapter 17 and it's very important for you and I to know that they come to this place where David is poised about to kill Goliath. Our focus very often is that, Lord, I want you to slay my 
challenges. I want you to, yeah, uh, yeah, there is a pulling down of strongholds and uprooting. But you know what? The most important thing that we must not miss. Do you know that when we are united with Christ, He wants you to flourish more than anything else. He wants to get everything out of way more than you and I. That but important is that we must develop that worship in John 4. That the Father, when He looks at and all, He will find us. How can I best develop my worship to the place where I'm united that the Father will be pleased with my worship? Oh, what must I do and how can I do? What can I draw from? How can I learn to get to the place that I will worship Him in spirit and in truth? So chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17, where this time um, the, the, the David, David's uh, father was a bit old and his three older brothers was already at the battlefield because Goliath was taunting the Philistines' um, Israel army, right? And the Bible said that for 40 days, day and evening, they will come and taunt for 40 days. And David's father assigned him and said that David, send this food to your brothers and bring back the report and take these 10 cuts of cheese to the people, uh, uh, the leaders there, and, and, and take it there and bring me back the report. And David, if you read chapter 17, David made sure the sheep and the goats were taken care of by another shepherd. Then he left. He left to the battlefield. And this time, and he heard all the chanting and the shouting, and the, uh, the Israelite armies were ready to go into war. And then, and then when they are there, um, there is um, this, uh, they, they heard that this giant that is nine foot tall, you know, will come out and turn the army of the Lord. And this time again, if you read carefully, don't miss out the detail. David made sure he handed the supplies that the father has assigned him to someone to take care. Sometimes we miss it. You see, he was responsible. He wasn't like all caught up. Oh my God leave things and charge and, and, and kill the Goliaths. And, and he left it with someone that would take care of what he was assigned for. And he went to the battlefield and his brothers saw him there and told him, what are you doing here? Why do you leave the, a few sheep and goat? And David went responsibility, uh, responsibly according to the Father's assignment, right? Order, and he went and, and, you know, I know what is in your heart is pride and deceit. And you know what? What captivated me was David. David, it was like, let it wash over me. <laughs> I got one and one agenda is that who allowed this Philistine to taunt the army of the Lord? <laughs> he was angry and he asked someone, and if you read that morning, each time they were like two valleys, right? They'll be chanting, you know, taunting the army of the Lord and and and, and when Goliath showed up, the army of the Lord, you know what they did? They were afraid, they were shaking, they ran. Are there things in your life and challenges the enemy comes and taunts you? We live in a day and age that noise, not just externally, but it's internal as well. Day and night will be telling you things that is not of God. You are from the army of the Lord. 
Amen. And David was such a worshiper that if you read, I will now would like to read this. Now, you know what? David is so responsible. The brothers were in the army in the battlefield. The word of God said that David will go back and forth every day to help the father to tend his sheep and goats. You know what? From Bethlehem to the battlefield is over 30 kilometers. They don't have V8 engine there. Then. They don't have cars then. Every day he would go back and forth the battlefield and be responsible and help the father, if you read that, to tend the sheep. And at this point, he went to someone. He was furious. He said, who allowed this Philistine's army to taunt the army of the Lord? Then, you know, he, they gave him the answer and wasn't satisfying. He went to, he said, he went to others as well. And to the point, to the point that his question went up to the king. He would have been so furious and made a show or, you know, are you sure who, who gave, who gave the permission? Who allowed this to happen? And went up to the king. And then you know what? And David's answer is very important. Now, David's answer is that don't worry. This is 17 verse 32. Don't worry about this Philistines. David told Saul, I will go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. And there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. If there are voices belittling you, that is not of God. Remember, we are seated. I want this. That's good. We are seated in the heavenly realms, united with Christ Jesus. Everything has to come down. Every, in heaven, there's no sicknesses, no lack, no sorrow, no hatred, no unforgiveness. There's joy forevermore, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then, you know what? I think that is the most powerful declaration that David, it was his prophetic declaration out of his intimacy as a lifestyle of a worshiper, that he has developed a skilled in worship, a skilled uh, also intimacy where he knows who his God is. He said, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and clap it to death. <laughs> wow. Right? I have done this to both lions and bears. And I would do it to the pagan Philistines too. For he has defiled the army of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lions and bear will rescue me from this Philistines. Do you know what? His intimacy to a point that it doesn't matter it was behind the scene or in front of the battlefield that the challenges was smaller than Goliath. His focus was God. That God's army, the kingdom of God cannot be taunted by the voices of the enemy. Amen? And he would do everything to kill that voice, kill everything that say, hey, 
You are not to do that to the people of God. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. David put it on, you know, then he gave him the armor, right? And, and David said, ah, he, he strapped uh, the, the sword over and took a step or two to see what it was like for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in this, he protested to Saul. Can you imagine sometimes Saul is trying to take care. Saul is trying to protect. But David can't use those things because it's not what he has developed to fight his enemies. I'm not used to them, so David took them off. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. The stones were something when nobody saw was his worship, was his practice, was his love enjoying God. And what are we developing to cultivate that worship, that intimacy, that you and I will know God in a way that only you, we are coming to our last days. We need to develop our relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? David might have developed the skill, but it's the anointing that drove the spirit, tormenting spirit away from Saul. David might have developed the skill and, and the courage. It was a prophetic declaration that the Spirit of God directed the skill. We can't just be casual about the presence of God. Have you and I been, you know, been aware areas in Holy Spirit? Come and show me. Cause me to be aware. When we are aware, Holy Spirit, can you help me? Help me in this area in my life. It's not by your strength or my strength, but by the Holy Spirit. That's why we need Him in these last days. We went through one big rehearsal with lockdown. If it hasn't woken us up, I don't know what will. When the Lord comes, don't go around borrowing oil. Now, this is a powerful declaration from 1 Samuel 17, 45, the three verses, 45, 46, 47. It says, David replied to the Philistines, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals and the whole world. The whole world. Little boy from Bethlehem, he knows his God. The whole world will know and there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues His people. Amen? The Lord rescues His people. Are you the people of God? If you have not accepted Jesus Christ and the invitation is out, if you're watching online, you are here, invitation is out. God wants you to be His people. 
He is calling the Father, is releasing sons and daughters to go out through the land to tell you, send out the invitation, come, come to this household through the Lord Jesus Christ. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Wow! He didn't, he wasn't like the army of Israel when when, when Goliath come, they ran away in fear. Reaching out into his shepherd's back and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. It was his worship. It was his worship to the one that can, but God. His declaration. It was that declaration and intimacy. Then Goliath was down, conquered, right? You know what? It was um, in Jericho, Joshua. We read stories, but it was the shout before the wall comes down. It was the praise, the strategy God gave Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat. Sent out the musician. It wasn't just sent out a musician. It was a Focus declaration of the one, the praise before they won the battle. And David tried the very first time to bring back the ark. He heard that, oh, the ark was in Obed-Edom's house and over three months that man was really blessed. It's time to bring back the ark. And he tried to bring back the ark and you know what? And as they, you know, Wobbly and Uzzah tried, Uzzah didn't do anything evil. He tried to balance the ark and he fell dead. And David was very angry. The presence of God need to be protected with his purity. We want the presence of God come. There is a way that we welcome the presence of God. The second time, David bringing back the ark. David, what? Put on the linen ephod. I won't go into details. And there was exuberant worship. That he didn't care when his wife, Micah, despised him. He's all the more. He danced. Do you know what? At that time, the ark was brought back in a tent. David, at the time, a man of wars, and he has built beautiful houses and temples and buildings, the Bible said, right? But he built a tent. Read that. You know how the simplicity of our heart, the humility of our heart is important. The purity of our heart is far more than everything that's glittering in the world. Not that God doesn't want to bless us. We come from the kingdom with streets of gold, excellence. God wants to strip us off our focus. 
what is our focus? Our focus should be the best worshipper, a true worshipper, that the far will be found by our Father. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to develop my worship in my daily task. Help me to be a good steward, to steward the gifts that you have given me. Help me to rejoice and multiply and no comparison, no shame, no blame, no excuses, no hiding. I want to read 51. It said, David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its seth. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. You know what? Just recently, I just remembered something. Olivia started uh, learning violin seven years ago. I used to teach piano. Um, I taught my two older boys with the style that I've been taught. <laughs> and, and just responsible. And strict correcting every area that is need correction. With Olivia, the first two years of her learning, two years, every day, except Sunday, I would sit down one to one and a half at least, no exaggeration, every day, teaching her. But this time round, is not using the old, now wise up, when you know more, you do better, right? No condemnation. So I will go through the P's and then there will be areas that's not so good and I will single them out. Let's work on this. And with the piece that given by the teacher, we will look into YouTube, thank God for technology, for the same song. We will listen to three players. Then I will say, Olivia, which one do you like the best? She said, oh, this one. I said, then why? You know, oh, because of this, this, this. And then which one you don't like? This one. Why? So she began to develop her discernment and judgment and, and her, her ownership about the piece. I like this. Oh, I think you can play this. What do you think? I'll be there. And uh, you know, after two years, I didn't let her loose. Uh, I will from time to time. I will, I will watch, I'll give her the, the opportunity and all that. You know what? This lady, seven years, seven years of learning, never once the teacher was upset with her, the violin teacher. Just a couple of weeks ago, she might be upset with me. <laughs> but you know what? She, for the very first time, she was upset. I was thinking, she was disturbed. He said, Olivia, do you know what? 90% of the piece was beautiful. But the 10% can get you pass or fail. You know, at the he asked, she asked, Do you practice? He said, Yeah. And I said, Yeah, at least an hour every day. But I not happy, she would practice at the end of the day when she was very tired. She was going through the motion of practice. I did it. I practiced. I feel good, I practiced. But it was doing her more damage than good. Firstly, she was tired. And she actually, the part that wasn't good, she's just getting worse at it. <laughs> she actually nailed out the, 
the mistake because she just practiced going through the routine. She told Olivia, at your level now, you can't practice like how you always. You now need to use a metronome. You need to practice with the actual piece and single out that bit. Get good before you play the whole thing. There will be area she wasn't there to condemn her. She is one of the best teachers. Love her to bits. Do you know what? In this season, the Holy Spirit is coming alongside. Hey, 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 Krista. In this season, you can't live like the other seasons. I'm coming alongside. You need to be aware of the things that keep tripping you. Holy Spirit is sent out the same conviction to His people, His children, His family. Those don't go through the routine. This season, skill, go deeper. What you can't, I can. He didn't save us to condemn us, right? Therefore, no condemnation. You become aware if there are voices of condemnation that you're not good enough, that is not of God. And you say, shut up. You have to have the personal relationship because we can't be in church every day, right? So the moment in the night you get up with palpitation, no, this is not of God, just like David. He right away got angry. In the name of God, who allowed you to come into my head? What are you saying? My father says this, take the word. Holy Spirit, because He's your present help in times of trouble. That is the word of God. Every moment you're driving, you're doing your work, oh my God, this boss of mine, oh, I feel like using the sword and kill him. No, you know. Now, I, I just want to conclude with this verse that was just shown to me this morning. When David killed Goliath with the sling, right? He didn't have a sword. I want to read Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. He said, for the Word of God is alive and powerful, the truth. It is sharper than sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. Amen? Come before Him. If you feel shame, no, that is not heaven. If you feel guilt, that is not heaven. That is the realm that we've been redeemed to. The sword that we have is the sword of the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities of rulers of when, uh, heavenly realm, right? In this realm, in the earthly, worldly realm. So we need to cut. Invite the Holy Spirit, Lord, these last days, let me single out, holy, bring to awareness, and you empower me. These are the areas. I'm a, instead of a warrior, I'm a warrior. Instead of uh, responding, I'm reacting. Instead of showing up, I was running away. Help me develop this worship. That you are looking for, Papa. 
I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Let me be found by you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place, your house. In this season, things are changing. Things are changing in your household. Things is changing in your body. Things is not like the past. Your kingdom come, your will be done, O oh God. Let our light shine into every sphere that you call us into. Others will come into encounter of the light that you, our Father, be glorified. We want to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, intimate. Wherever we are, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus.